Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. You know, we have a special speaker today that is going to be sharing the word with you guys. And I've known the speaker for like a long time ago. Uh, since he was around 17 years old, I've known Caleb. I have many memories of youth group, um, uh, just <laughs> with Caleb. <laughs> you know, but uh, something that I've always uh, seen in Caleb's life is his passion for God. And you know, sometimes when you see young people, they can say, oh, they're passionate. You know, young people are passionate. Anyways, you know, but I have something that I've known and I've seen in Caleb's life is that in Brie is that their passion has not diminished, but it has gotten stronger because they're the real deal, because they do have a personal relationship with God that, and, they, and they have fruit of it. And I am also so proud of them that this year they're starting the youth group of Encounter Church, you know. And, and, and I'm just so proud of them just because it takes a lot of courage um, to start something from nothing, you know, and, and that's what they're doing. They're pioneering. And I feel like all these years, you know, of developing that passion, as they, they have the endurance and the strength to now pioneer. And so we're just very proud of you and Bree, and I love you guys, and, and I know I'm just, we're going to be blessed today. So, you know, for a true brave, come on, Caleb, give a hand and open your heart. Thank you, guys. Sorry, I'm still recovering a little bit from Peru. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear the stories. I mean, I hope you're here next week. You should be here with your friends, your family, people you don't even know. Just bring them. Make them come. Because it's going to be amazing for you to hear the testimonies of what God did there uh, in Peru. But uh, I'm still, you know, emotionally recovering. I'm still spiritually recovering just because it was, you know, cross-continental flights. Then we had, like, you know, Six hours of boat rides along the Amazon. We were, you know, no AC for four days. You know, y'all, I didn't know how much of an anointed blessing air conditioning was <laughs> until we came back and I stepped from 94 degrees into 74. And I actually, I actually fell on my knees in my room and I just began to praise God. No joke. Not hype spiritual. I was no joke praising God because we had four days of just intense, no air conditioning. You know what? But isn't God worth it? Isn't he worth it? And so I'm honored to share with you guys today about, um, about one of my, my favorite things to preach about. I'm excited to share with you about my best friend. I'm excited to, to share with you about the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you guys say Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is God, right? You know, I grew up in a, in a church background where... Um, you know, we talked about the Father, we talked about the Son, and then we only mentioned in the closing of a prayer the third part of God, the Holy Spirit. And so I didn't grow up knowing the Holy Spirit. You know, my parents love God, and I love them, and I honor them for the foundation they laid in my life, but I did not know the Holy Spirit until I was sitting on the floor in Pastor Hunter's office when he was a youth pastor in New Mexico, you know, weeping uh, as I gave my life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came upon me in that moment. That was the first time that I really encountered him. And ever since then, nothing, nobody, no, no hype is enough. Uh, I have to have the presence of God. 
I have to have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in my life. Because if I don't, there's, I have nothing to give. If there's no power, what are we doing? I don't know about you guys, but church as usual does not excite me. I don't know about you guys. I grew up in the church. Like I said, my dad is a pastor. Church like normal, church in the natural power of man does not make sense. It's not fun, and there's no point. So if you're here for a church as normal, I'm sorry, this might not be the place for you. But I want to invite you into an experience with the power of God in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's the best thing that will wreck your life. He's, oh, he's the best. This is going to be awesome. Are you guys ready? So the title of the message, and you can follow along in your uh, outline, which is in your bulletin that you should have got when you came in. The title of the message is The Power to Follow. Can you say The, the Power to Follow? And, and so I did this uh, in, in Peru, and so it's El Poder para Seguir, right? See, ¿Sí? ¿Sí, pastores? El Poder para Seguir, The Power to Follow. But we're in a sermon series called 2020. And, um, you know, we're following this pretty much to the end of the year. And the basic premise, if you haven't been with us for it, is it's pretty simple. You know, as you can see, I do not have 2020. <laughs> they actually get worse just about every year. Um, <laughs> but uh, 2020, within your eyes, means that you, your vision is, is clear. You can see clearly. And uh, you don't need glasses, you don't have anything like that, you can see clearly. And in the same way, you know, we need to have vision that's clear. We need to have 2020 vision. And so the first week of this series, Pastor Hunter taught about, you know, we need to have 2020 vision, y'all, on what Christianity is. Because there's so much that's distorted and twisted in, in the world. There's so much that's just... Uh, it's not reflective of what Jesus truly preached and what we read about in the Bible. So we, that, that was a powerful message. And we can sum up what Christianity is in one word. Do you remember what that word is? It starts with a D. Discipleship. Jesus didn't call anyone to just believe in him. When he came to them, he said, come follow me. And the second week, uh, Pastor Scott came and he preached about uh, 2020 vision on vision. And how many of you, that messed me up. I mean, I don't know how he does it. He like jumps from like, you know, lily pad to lily pad. And then all of a sudden at the very end in his closing, like all of these things come together in this explosive revelation. It was a powerful message on understanding and getting clear what vision truly is and how powerful it is in our lives, in our ministries, in our families. And then last week, uh, from what I heard, you guys had a, fi a fiery message about uh, getting 2020 vision on revival. How was that? If those of you that were here, how was it? I can't wait to hear it. Uh, we were in Peru. Sorry. <laughs> and so this week, y'all, we're going to get a clear vision on the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you know, maybe you even grew up with uh, with misconstrued ideas about what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. Maybe you grew up like me with no understanding of what the baptism in the Holy Spirit was or even who the Holy Spirit was himself. And so I am just thrilled to speak with you about this, the power to follow. So let's pray for just one second. Father, we come into your presence right now. And I release by the authority of the anointing just a fresh fire in this place, Lord. I release the, the fresh anointing, Lord. I invite angels to come in this place. And we invite you, wind of the Spirit, to come blow and move in our hearts. Lord, we don't want to hear a word from man. We want to have an encounter with God. So, Lord, ignite our hearts with the fire of your word. In Jesus' name.
and God's people said, amen. How many of you are familiar with the phrase, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace? Anybody heard that? Anybody heard that? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Um, I want to tell you today, humbly, um, that's wrong. And that should be liberating for you. We're not, when, we, when we come to Christ, we no longer, when we come and we receive forgiveness and we repent of our sins and we turn to follow Jesus, we, we no longer are classified in the Bible as a poor old sinner. We were before. And we are only saved by grace. But when that exchange of, of darkness and light happens in our lives, we no longer stay like that. And I want to teach you a phrase, and we're going to say it together. It's something we teach at our encounter retreats. And it should be in your bulletin, and they might have it on the screen, I hope. Um, but it, you can follow along in your outline. It says, in Christ, we are not sinners fighting to be holy. In Christ, we are not sinners fighting to be holy. We are saints fighting against sin. And so I'm going to read that again, and when the, when the word sinners and the word saints come, okay, I'm going to read it like normal, and then I'm going to pause, and I need your help with gusto, uh, con fuerte, to, to all help me just to say that word, okay? Are we clear? Instructions are clear? I'm going to need your help with that, okay? So we're going to say the word sinners and the word saints, all right? With me? We can do this? In Christ, we are not sinners fighting to be holy. That was beautiful. We are fighting against sin. And now let's all say it together. The whole thing. I believe in us. Can we do it in Counter Church? Let's get this in our spirit today. Let's get this in our souls today. Three, two, one. In Christ, we are not sinners fighting to be holy. We are saints fighting against sin. Amen. Come on. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone and a new life has begun. Colossians 3, 8-10 says, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other anymore. For you have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more and more and more about Christ who created this nature within you. So today, the Holy Spirit is inviting us, us followers of Jesus. How many followers of Jesus do I have in this place? He's inviting us every single day, more and more and more, to decide to follow Jesus and to begin to strip off the old things, strip off the old weights, strip off the anger or rage and, and maliciousness, and let's follow Jesus, because we are new creatures in Christ. And I feel like some of us might need to hear that today. If you've come in repentance to the cross, if you've given your life to Jesus, no shame can hold you down any longer. No, no chain can hold you down any longer. No darkness can grip your life unless you let it. Because the Bible says that we are new creations. The old is gone. How many of you know we have an enemy? Yikes. We have an enemy. If you didn't know that, I want to tell you today. We have an enemy. 
and Satan's purpose, his vision statement for his ministry of destruction is this, to steal, kill, and destroy you. And you see, sometimes when we come into church, we get so churched. And many of you are like me. You've been very churched. You know, maybe you grew up in church. You've been, you know, we are in the Bible Belt. But, um, you know, we get used to the knowledge of having an enemy, but we forget the reality that we have an enemy. And his whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And so when we come to the cross of Jesus, when I was a senior in high school and I repented and I gave my life to Jesus, I, w- I went from being no threat totally under his power to a threat to his kingdom of darkness. Because I, I went from darkness under his control into the kingdom of God. And so he be- his whole purpose becomes, I got to get them back under my power. I got to get them out of, out of the kingdom of light. I got to get them back into my kingdom. And so he wants us to slip right back into his hands. So we have to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And I'm sure you guys know that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. But maybe, maybe like me, many of you made that into, I have decided to believe in Jesus, only going to church, only going to church. And that was me, my whole life. I grew up knowing the truth. And you might ask, why is a 26 and a 27-year-old about to have a baby going to start a youth ministry? Because God touched me when I was a high schooler, and I have never been the same. I have never been the same. But I grew up knowing the Bible stories. I grew up knowing the words. I grew up knowing what was right and wrong, but choosing to stay in the enemy's camp choosing to live under bondage because I had decided to believe in Jesus every Sunday going to church, going to church, and every Saturday falling into sin and being crazy. So we are called to not just believe, but to make a commitment to follow. That is what discipleship is, and I I don't need to really teach that to you because we did a whole series on that for months, rediscovering the power of discipleship. But I want to reiterate that to you today, friends. Jesus does not call you to believe. Because the Bible says even the demons believe in Jesus. I'd rather not be on the same level as a demon. It's like, Caleb, I I have believed in Jesus my whole life. Fantastic, so has the devil and all of his demons. But the difference is when we decide to follow him. Because I can believe from far away. But when Jesus calls me to follow, I put one foot in front of the other. And I begin to move towards him. And that leads me out of my old life into my new life. Is this making sense? So we have a calling to follow Jesus. But how many of you know that without the power of God, following Jesus is impossible? Right? I mean, isn't that crazy that like before, you know, I was super religious, so I tried to do everything I possibly could to be good, to be a good person. You know, I was like, well, I'll try my best not to break the Ten Commandments unless I really want to, then lust is okay and sexual immorality is okay. But, you know, I really, I went to church, God. I even took communion this week, Lord. Like, come on. But in our own strength, it's impossible to follow God. That's why, that's why the old covenant was, I mean, it was powerful and it was holy, of course, because the word of God is holy and God is holy. But that's why God came into man as Jesus to go to the cross and carry the weight of our sin on his body was because we couldn't do it. None of us is good enough to follow God. 
to live in holiness. It's impossible. And I want to set you free today. If you're trying to follow Jesus in your own strength and you're feeling discouraged because you keep stumbling into the same things, that's what's going to continue to happen unless you get the power of God. So we have a calling to follow Jesus. But it requires the supernatural power of God for us to follow a supernatural God. Does that make sense? It requires the supernatural power of God to follow a supernatural God. I mean, that only makes logical sense to me. I mean, like, how could I follow in my natural strength a supernatural God? It doesn't make sense. But how many of you know God is so kind that he knew, he knew that we couldn't do it. And so when Jesus came, you know, and he was nailed to that cross... One of my favorite things about the crucifixion story, something that always, like, that marked my life in high school, and it still astounds me today, is that, you know, the Bible says that when Jesus was nailed to that cross, that the, the veil that was in the temple, the veil that separated people from the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant represented the, the presence of God, right? And so the, the presence of God was there, and man humans could only come into the presence of God one time a year. Only the high priest of Israel could go behind that curtain and experience the presence of God. How sad. I mean, only one person a year could do it, and if he didn't do everything right, zap, dead. Okay, you know, next person come into that job. Like, you know, he probably had really great insurance policies. But like, I mean, that was the access that we had to the presence of God. But when Jesus was nailed on that cross, the Bible says that that, that that veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It was ripped in half because God was saying, because I took your sin on my body, because I took Caleb's sin on my body, that veil is torn and my son can come freely and boldly into, the, into my throne room. He can come freely and boldly into my presence. And so we're, we're no longer estranged from God. But because of Jesus, we can come close. So we're called to follow. Mark 1, 16 through 8, it, it describes uh, this calling to follow Jesus. And, and we've read it some, so it should be familiar. Uh, but this is Jesus calling his first disciples. Let's read it. So Mark 1, 16 through 18. Uh, you can follow along on the screen or you know, in your Bible too. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Luke 9, 23 through 24. Jesus is, is preaching to the crowds, and he says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. I, I don't know if you caught it in those scriptures, but both times he said, if you want to follow me, there was an action that was required of the people to follow him. Simon and Andrew could have been like, do you want to follow you? Who are you? Like, deuces, bro, we're working. You know, he, he could have totally done that. But, he but they decided, this person that is calling me matters more than what's here. They put their old life behind them and they pursued the new life. So it's all about a decision. 
Through the cross, we have access to forgiveness. Did you know you have access to forgiveness of all of your sin through the cross? You have access to deliverance. You don't need to stay bound to the devil and his, his, his power any longer because of what Jesus did. We don't have to stay broken and hurting in our hearts or in our bodies because Jesus, his blood covers that. When he went to the cross, he paid for our healing, our total healing. This is in your outline. But in order to maintain this freedom... In order to maintain and have victory over Satan, we must make a decision to follow Jesus and to surrender to his will for our lives. This is what it means to be a disciple. But what happens if we turn back from following Jesus after receiving this fantastic and healing, deliverance, uh, you know, purpose in our lives? What happens to us? Luke 9, 62 But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And that was me for 17 years. I I would put my hand to the plow at every youth retreat there ever was. I've been there, you know. um, I've been through it, man. Just kidding. But I put my hand to the plow, but then I was too enticed. I was too afraid to leave behind the old life. I was afraid of what my friends would think. I was afraid of what I would lose. You know, I wasn't fit for the kingdom of God. So Jesus says that if we turn back and we begin to desire the old life again, we are not worthy of his kingdom. Luke 11, 24 through 26. I mean, this, this terrifies me from my life, and I hope that it terrifies you in a holy way. Luke 11, 24 through 26 talks about when we experience deliverance. You know, how many of you know that we're a temple or our body, we're a house. We were made to be inhabited by the Spirit of God. But when we are not filled with the Spirit of God, that leaves us open to the only other spirits that there are. Demonios. <laughs> Demons. Luke eleven twenty four through 26. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, hey, I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns, and this is the worst part, it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and clean. You know, this person had been delivered. This person had been set free, but their house was empty. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there, and so that person is worse off than before. Yikes is right. If... if we decide to follow Jesus and we experience that deliverance and those things are kicked out of our life, but we stay empty. We leave ourselves open to be worse off than before. I was way jacked up before. I would much rather not be even worse jacked up now because I was too lazy to be filled with the Holy Spirit or I was too afraid to be filled with the Holy Spirit or it didn't align with my doctrinal viewpoints of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If we do not nurture, protect, and grow in our relationship with Jesus. If we do not nurture, protect, and grow in our relationship with Jesus. And we begin to look back and contemplate and going back into our sin. Satan will take advantage of us. Because how many of you remember his vision statement for his ministry of destruction? Steal, kill, and destroy. If the devil finds our house swept and clean, but not full of God's word and God's spirit, he'll return and mess us up even worse than before. 
This is the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, many of you that know me, you know how much I love the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Man, do I love to shout in some tongues. Oh, I love it. You probably hear me sometimes over the drums. Like, that's why they put me on that instrument, because they hoped that that sound would go over my terrible singing and my just, I, I love me some tongues. I love to, to, to prophesy. I love to see, I love to fall out forward, sideways, blown back, I, to writhe on the floor. I love it all. Oh, man, it's my favorite. Every time there's an altar call, it's like, get me up there, because I want to get jacked up. You know, like it's one of my favorite things. But how many of you know that is not the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? The purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't the manifestations. The manifestations are great. Do I love it? Do I want some today? Heck yeah. That's what I hope we experience. But is that the purpose? No. The purpose is that when the devil is kicked out of our lives, when we come to Jesus and we've repented of our sins and he has washed us clean as white as snow, the Bible says, with our sin gone away as far as the east is from the west, when my life is made clean by the king of kings, the Holy Ghost wants to come and fill me so that I can stay clean and then I can help other people get clean. That's the purpose in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If not, other spirits will make us their home. Some really quick practical tips for discipleship. We all doing okay? Yeah, Yeah, we're here? Awesome. So the first practical tip for discipleship, and uh, I just stole three points from Pastor Hunter's sermons because it's like, how many of you know if an awesome pastor has preached something, just steal it from him. All right. First tip, follow. Practical tips for discipleship, follow. So what does that actually mean for me? Read the Bible every day. Caleb, that's a lot. That's a ton. You know what? Like, start with one verse. Start with one, even one sentence. And some verses are much longer than a sentence. Start with one, one verse. If you can read a chapter a day, do one chapter. You know, whatever it takes to create a place in your natural, busy life for the, for the presence and the word of God to come and inhabit Create a place. Create a space. Because how many of you know that the word of God is powerful? The word of God is alive. It's, it, it cuts and it changes our wrong perspectives. You want to know promises to speak over your family? The, the enemy is attacking you and you don't know how to stand firm? Well, that's why we have the word of God. Because it equips us. It builds us up. We can learn the promises so that when the enemy comes and says, Caleb, you used to be addicted to, to lust and perversion. You were in, in darkness. That's who you are. I can say no because my Bible says that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. Read your Bible every day. Caleb, I didn't read this whole week. Is God mad at me? No, he's not. Read today. I won't give that example. It's not a good one. Sorry. Just how many of us spend like 20 minutes in the bathroom? All right. Not to be gross, but you know, you've seen those memes where like the, where it jokes about somebody shared it recently, actually last night. I was actually laughing about that, but it's like, you know, when you sit there long enough looking at memes in the bathroom, your legs fall asleep. But then, but then we come to church and we say, I don't have time to read the word of God. Whoo, yikes, Jesus. The, the memes are more important than your soul. Okay. Follow Jesus. Let's read the Bible every day, y'all. Number two, fish. Follow, read the Bible every day, fish. Andy's actually going to give uh, all of us free fishing lesson, lessons, Okay. Just kidding. 
He tried that with me, and all I caught were 17 leaves. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a, a gifted fisherman um, in the natural. Help other people encounter Jesus. The Bible says that we're to freely give as we freely received. If you freely received healing, freely give healing. If you freely receive deliverance, freely give deliverance. If you freely receive salvation, freely give salvation. Practical, share your testimony. Win souls. We're not called just to come into the family of God, shake and quake and turn and fall and prophesy till we're blue in the face, but not reach one soul. I love prophecy. But if all you bank on in your life and your ministry and your calling are prophetic words people give you, but you never reached one person, what are we doing? What are we doing? Share your testimony. I was terrified to start reaching out to high schoolers. I'll, I'll admit it. I know that that's lame. You might roll your eyes at me right now. But uh, I'm a 26-year-old grown man, and I was afraid to go reach out to high schoolers because it's like, I don't know what they do now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I should have time for this. I should have time for this. But um, <laughs> we were, so we, we've started this, the youth group by going out and reaching. It was like, well, there's not a need in Encounter Church. There's not a lot of high schoolers. Yeah, there's not, but there is a need in the, in the harvest fields. So we make a place for them, and we go and bring them, and they'll come. And so we, we, we went out to uh, Swift Cantrell, because that's about the only place I know where high schoolers are at. And uh, we went out there and just began to reach out to skaters. We'd bring uh, pizza and be like, hey, we're come learn about following Jesus. You want to come? Yeah, sure, bro. And they would come, you know, eat pizza, and they'd join us. And two of them gave their lives to Jesus that first week. And then they came back. And, they, and so um, <laughs> one of these guys, we were there, and we were talking about lordship and what it means to surrender your life to the lordship of God. And, uh, and I was like, so what areas in your life can you put under the lordship of God? And uh, he's like, you know, we have this friend that sometimes says some crazy stuff. And, like, maybe I could put my relationships under the lordship of God. I'm like, amen, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, we were on, you know, we were on Discord. And, and then this person said something crazy. And we got in a fight. And I was like, Discord, were you guys having an argument? He's like, no, 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 no. Discord is like, it's like Skype. It's an app that you use. And then he looked at me and he goes, you know what Skype is, right? <laughs> I was like, kid, I was using Skype before you were born. And so, funny, but I was, I was terrified to reach out to high schoolers because I'm like, man, I'm this, you know, this weird older guy going to reach out to them, you know. But when we go and the purpose is to share Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he makes a way where there does not seem to be a way. God can use pizza and an awkward dude at a, at a park to reach two guys. If that's all that happened, glory to God, that was the reason for it. We are called to fish. It's not a holy huddle. Prophetic words should lead you to reach. And I have done spend too much time on that. And third practical tip, fellowship. Yeah, we're called to reach, but we're also called to a family of God. And you know what? Go to church. Y'all are in church. Way to go. go. Join an e-group. Get into the family of God. We're never called to fish alone. And now to the good stuff. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised to send us the Holy Spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit would be with us. He would guide us. He would teach us and empower us. John 14, 15 through 18 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, which means helper, who will never leave you. 
How many of you sometimes struggle with loneliness or depression? You can be set free today and you can live in the reality that the Holy Spirit will never leave you. The world cannot receive him because it isn't even looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is our companion. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's our teacher. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit to come and, and educate us. How many, how many of you are like me? You just didn't know what to do when you experienced Jesus. I, I just did not get born again and know every single thing of what I needed to do. And I'm uh, so uh, blessed that um, Pastor Liz said so many nice things about me because if y'all knew me in youth ministry, you might not have said nice things. <laughs> I was so dumb. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So not only has Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and inside of us, because Jesus said the Holy, you know, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He was with the disciples. So they were with the healer. They were with the, the deliverer. And so Jesus said, it's better that I go than the Holy Spirit will come and he'll be inside of you. And so before Jesus left, he did what? He breathed on him, said, receive the Holy Spirit. Whew, Holy Spirit came inside of him. Powerful. But then he said, wait in Jerusalem. Of course, many of us know this. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise not only has Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us, he promised he would totally submerge us in his power. This is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, I baptize with water. This is John the Baptist speaking. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And a familiar scripture, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Y'all, the main purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to give us power to be witnesses for Jesus to the world. I love shaking and quaking. Oh God, I love it so much. But if that does not equip me to go into the harvest with power, I'm missing the point. Jesus wants to make you a witness. And, uh, and another very brief story. So we were in Peru. We finished. We were in a place called Iquitos, which was about a six-hour, you know, you ride an hour up the Amazon. You cross in a little town five hours up. It's called Rio Napo, which is an, uh, you know, an offshoot of the Amazon. And that's where we were going to minister, a small town, Santa Clotilde. And... Um, you know, we were in Iquitos, and we were taking a plane back to Lima, and then Lima to Atlanta. So I sit down in my seat, and I sit next to a white guy, you know, probably the only one in like five areas apart from me. And so, of course, I'm like, yes, what's up, dude? You know, my Spanish is only like 50%, so I was like, uh, you know, I love it, but I'm ready for some English. And he was holding a book, and it said, The Power Of. And I was like, oh, man, this is dope. Like, that looks like one of your, you know, cliche Christian books. Sweet. And so I was like, hey man, what are you here for? He's like, oh, I was at a seminar. I was at a retreat. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, we were doing a retreat too. And, but come to find out, he was at a seminar to learn how to do uh, indigenous medicine so that um, takes you into trances and that you can, you know, have visions and, and it propels you in your spiritual journey. This guy was totally, I mean, 23 days, no contact, just drinking this stuff, seances. I mean, it was total witchcraft, you know? And I'm like, oh, great, this is, this is my chance, you know? We done spent a whole week praying in tongues. I'm ready. You know, I've preached twice already. We're like, oh, here it is. Here's my opportunity. And so, you know, he's, he's an Aussie who lives in Canada. And so he's, he's got the accent, eh? And I was like, oh, this is awesome, my favorite. 
And, you know, we're talking, and then he, he just, like, literally the door opens. I'm like, God, how am I going to do this? The door opens, and I just share my testimony. And then I, I, he, was, he was curious. He's like, I don't know anything about Christianity. I'm like, you done get ready, boy. You just asked a preacher on a plane where you're stuck next to me to tell you the gospel. So I walked him through. <laughs> Genesis to Revelation. No. <laughs> like, I, I, I literally, I just, I, it was so amazing. I literally, he asked me to tell him the cross. And so I explained it. He was like, what books can I read? I'm like, you know, you should stay away from a lot of different books because, you know, he's, he's a spiritual guy and uh, he doesn't want just religion. I'm like, well, great. Because the Holy Spirit, my best friend, he is the thing that keeps us from just religious do's and don'ts and the power of God. You know, and so I'm, I'm getting to share all of this and getting to share. And at the end of it, he's, and he was just like, well, you know, well, you know, don't expect me to go to church, but thank you for sharing that with me. And then, you know, nothing happened. You thought that was going a different direction. <laughs> nothing happened. And so, you know, the flight lands, he has like an hour and a half to go through customs in Lima, hop on another flight to Chile, go from Chile to um, Brisbane, and then uh, in Australia. So he had a long trek, so he, you know, bolted out of there and stuff. I got the guy's info on WhatsApp, I'm going to reach out to him and all that. But, you know, nothing happened. I'm like, God, you know, dang, I know the word of God never returns void, but what, you know, what's happening here? And, uh, and the Holy Spirit told me, Caleb, you didn't pray for him. Because prayer was going to be the point of contact where my presence would come into that place and it would touch him. You didn't pray for him, Caleb. And that's what struck me with the, with the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's the difference. Because I, I preached the gospel to him till I was blue in the face. And he said, received it graciously, said thank you. I, I really appreciate that. But if I had just laid my hand on him, then the Holy Spirit's power could have come into his life. Don't get me wrong. I love preaching. I love the gospel. I, I love the word of God. It has power. And I know that guy's going to be in heaven someday. And if, if he doesn't think he is, I'll hunt him down. It's going to happen. <laughs> but without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we can just turn into salesmen. And many of you know Acts 2, and you know, I'm going to bring this to a close because I done preach too much. Acts 2, you know, I won't even read it. I had it back there. Sorry, we're not going to read that. But, um, you know, the disciples, Jesus had ascended. He said, wait in Jerusalem. They waited in Jerusalem in prayer, and the Holy Spirit came. And uh, my favorite thing about this, and I was preaching on this in, in Peru a lot, like the Holy Spirit kept bringing it up. One of my favorite things about this is that Peter was the one that stepped forward and preached the gospel after being filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, praying in tongues, like he, baptism in God with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, he steps forward, preaches the gospel, 3,000 people get saved. Uh, what I love about that is that it was Peter. Because not just days before, this was the same Peter, y'all, that stood before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ himself, and said, Jesus, I will not leave you. If all of these other fools leave you, they'll leave you, but I will never leave you. And what did he do? Three times he rejected him. That, I mean, that is like a complete failure, just like me in my life. Total failure from all of our vows to God. But when that same Peter got baptized in the Holy Ghost, no devil in hell could stop him. When that same Peter got touched and filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Instead of running away, he stepped forward and he said, Jesus is king. The same Jesus that you crucified is risen and his power is here on earth. And 3,000 people got saved. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the power to make us witnesses. We need the power to follow. We need the power to, to be disciples of Jesus. But even more than that, we need the power to show people Jesus on earth. That Jesus is alive. Know, we get we get a lot of perks in discipleship in the baptism in the Holy Spirit there's all you can read it in first Corinthians 12 uh, when you get a chance you know it talks about different gifts words of wisdom and knowledge and faith healing miracles prophecy blah 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 yeah I'm about to talk about tongues get ready and then it talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues you know like I said before, I grew up in a church that never talked about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what speaking in tongues was. I had no idea. You know, then I go to a youth ministry, and, and you guys know Pastor Hunter. You know, like, you know, <laughs> I walk into this place, you know, just like expecting a nice service. And then here is like, and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, like, what language is this? Aaron, Aaron thought, Aaron Macias thought, you know, Hunter, that, that Hunter knew Hebrew. That he was praying in Hebrew. You know, we just had no idea. But the reason, I, 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 I wish I could tell you why. Um, you see it in Acts. You see it in Acts 2. The gift, you know, the Holy Spirit's poured out. They begin speaking in other tongues. You know, in that instance, the interpretation, the gift of interpretation was given to the people listening because they all heard them in their own language. No, it, it wasn't that they were baptized with the ability to speak Russian, so all the Russians heard that one apostle. They were baptized, speaking tongues. People there were given the, uh, uh, the gift of interpretation, so they understood each in their own language because there were more languages understood than there were disciples to speak. Mm, spiritual. Acts 2, Acts 6, you know, Peter, Peter goes and he's, um, you know, God calls him to go reach the, the Gentiles. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this, but okay. He speaks, Holy Spirit falls. They speak in tongues. Acts 10, you know, these guys are coming along. What baptism do you receive? Baptism of John. Okay, they were baptized in water. That's fantastic. Receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hands, Holy Spirit, tongues. When the Holy Spirit's poured out, tongues is the first thing that's seen. If you don't agree with me, it's in the Bible. I'm sorry. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. But I want to explain what's the purpose of tongues. Because sometimes we get it twisted. Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to do that because that's weird. People are going to think I'm weird. That's the point. No, but hear me out. Hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. What good does it do for us to speak in a language that makes us look cool? That just feeds our flesh. So the Holy Spirit's poured out and something that I would never do in the natural happens because it's spiritual. My spirit connects with God's spirit. There is no filter of Caleb's silly flesh. There is no silly Caleb mind to interject and, and say, oh, well, let me pray my prayer this way so that people will see how spiritual I am. Because when I pray in tongues, the Bible says that my spirit is connecting with God's spirit. Romans 8, 26. It helps us in our weakness. When we pray in tongues, it's like, it's like lifting weights for your spirit man, your spirit woman. You feel weak. You don't know what to pray. There are more times than not, I have no idea what words to say. How much more in Peru? You know, I only have like 50% of the words. And if that, <laughs> maybe like 40. And so I didn't know what to pray. Pray in the spirit. Spirit of Caleb, spirit in Caleb connects with spirit of God. Words of prophecy begin to come. 
words of knowledge begin to flow because it's not in my strength it's not in my spiritualness but it's in the power of God there was a guy there he's forever burned into my memory he played on the worship team their whole worship team, you know, worship leader was the youth pastor from this church in Iquitos, and they came out there to play. You know, we got to minister a lot to them, and, and oh man, it was fantastic. This one guy, he went by the nickname El Osito, the bear, because he, he had a panza like me, he had a little belly, you know? And, uh, and so they called him like the bear, El, El Osito. But if you think about his nickname, it wasn't until I got to know him that I learned his nickname. It was something that was only accessible to people close to him. I don't know, I don't go about like, I'm like, hey, Caleb, nice to meet you. I'm gonna call you Stewie. I, I don't think normal people do that. You know, we don't just give out nicknames to people we don't know. Nicknames are given out because it's, it's like a special language. You know that you can call them that because intimacy has been built. You know, in the same way, you know, even in Spanish, if somebody spoke to me in Spanish and they used too many words, I would only catch some words that didn't make it demonic what they were saying. It didn't, it didn't mean their words did not have power, that their words did not have meaning because I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand because I didn't know the words. So when we, when we pray in tongues, when, when that gift is poured out and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we begin to speak in tongues. It's not weird. It's not demonic. You just don't understand the words. I don't understand the words. Oftentimes that person doesn't even understand the words because the spirit inside of them is speaking a nickname, is speaking a language only to God. I don't know about you. I want that gift. I want to have a secret language with God. I want to have a language that takes... Caleb out of the equation. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.